right, guys, what is going on? Today we're going to be talking about a very, maybe the most passionate subject for me. I don't really know. So I've been going through some interesting past few months here in terms of my interactions with people. And I've been really lucky to have some opportunities to almost consult is kind of the way that I would put it, or I guess advise people in, you know, tumultuous times in their life. So they're struggling with their future, with their happiness, with ideas or concepts or things that they want to do. And they're maybe just asking for like permission to just take some action and go ahead and do it. Or they're they're looking to talk to somebody about something, you know, going a different path. And they don't maybe have people in their lives that they feel really comfortable having that conversation with yet. And I find myself to be very, very lucky. I'm super like grateful for that opportunity every time it comes up. But what I found is there's some disconnects and some lacks of understanding in sort of the, the American society, people my age, people a little bit younger, probably people a little bit older too. But as we go through these guidance, we're just not speaking the same language. We're not on the same page. And I think a lot of times parents and kids aren't on the same page with a lot of this stuff. And so this has really created a passion for me. You know, I'm super thankful. And one of the greatest things in my life is throughout all of the the challenges and the successes and everything that I've had, I've always had parents that really love and support me. And obviously, that's not something that everybody has. And I think that that's sort of this nice backdrop safety net of like emotional caring and love and support uh, that is just so essential if you go through or walk a little bit of a different path or if you just don't have your shit figured out when you're 17, 18, 19, 20, which like so many of us just did not. And Ryan and I had a long conversation about this yesterday. We're both just laughing about, you know, how much we didn't know and how much we didn't have our shit together at that time in our lives and how like that's probably more normal. It's not normal. It's not okay, I don't even think, to just have everything figured out at 18, 19, 20, 22, 25. It's unrealistic. And I would definitely say that it is the exception, not the rule. And what I find is that sometimes parents have this really hard time, you know, what I would just say is loving, supporting, and caring at an appropriate level, at an appropriate distance. And really, honestly, this is the biggest thing, having faith that if they just love and support and care, that everything will be all right. Like if your kids have grown up in in this area, if you're listening to this podcast, probably growing up in a nice area and they've gone to good schools. And if they're just now saying like, look, I just don't know if this path is right for me, whatever that is. Right. We're going to talk about it a little bit as it pertains to college at our seminar on Sunday. But it could be anything. I have this conversation with 30 year olds, 33 year olds, 40 year olds. People looking to make entire career changes. One of my favorite podcasts is a podcast called Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast. And one of the things that I find most interesting about the guests on that podcast every week is they span from like 18 and 19 and 20 year old kids who have grown multi million dollar real estate companies to stay at home moms 
to 45 and 50 year old married couples who just got sick of the grind. I think deep down, we all know, we all feel that we are just not built, we're not meant to just sit in an office with fluorescent lights and cubicles and, you know, drone over spreadsheets or things like that all day. And I just have such a passion for that because I was able to somehow, (laughs) in a weird roundabout lucky journey, work my way into some freedom from that. And I've spent a lot of time trying to pay attention to the steps that that took, the mental place that I was in during each of those different phases and ways that I think you guys can either help yourselves or help your loved ones navigate some of these tough areas, some of these struggle points, professional struggles, personal struggles, happiness struggles. And when we talk about this mentor model that we talk about at Friendship, this is a part of it, right? And I know that this this conversation on Sunday, like, yeah, it falls a little bit outside of our scope. But I think in this way, I think it falls very deeply inside of the scope of what we talk about in that we are not just actively working to make people healthier and fitter and leaner and sexier and all those things. Like, yes, it is that, right? But on the back end of that, really what we're trying to do is build a happier society that feels more comfortable with their body, that feels more confident with what they do every day. And they're able to choose happiness. They're able to choose positivity, And they're actually setting themselves up and those around them, the people in their life, they're setting those people up for success in just the the pursuit of happiness. And I think that that is quintessentially friendship. And, you know, I hope that some people come on Sunday to give me the opportunity to give Meredith the opportunity to just discuss different ways that we can help you navigate some of these different transition points in your life and have a higher chance of success and happiness. And when I talk with Meredith and we talk about college, we have these lengthy conversations, I'm saddened for people who don't have the opportunity to have conversations with people like her. An objective third party expert, right? We talked a little bit last week about the importance of having a coach and how there's a stepped process to making great decisions in anything. And one of the major steps in that is finding somebody who has dedicated their life to figuring out the answers in that realm. And they are an expert, they're a professional. Find that person and ask that person as many questions as you possibly can. And all you're going to do is just take all of the heartache and all of the pain out of that decision. Right? Imagine all these people right now who are just scouring the internet. They're, they just bought the shake weight and, you know, Jane's big booty boot camp, six week, blah, blah, blah. And they bought another online program and they're trying this new like keto intermittent fasting zone blast ultra fat Mediterranean crazy diet. And like they're just searching, there's Google searching all day and Google, you know, sees where they go and Facebook sees where they go. And so now they're getting blasted with like advertisements and now you should do this and check this out and belly blaster 2000. And now they're going to buy some, you know, thing that shocks their abs while they sleep at night. And, you know, and then it's going to be, no, you, now you actually, you need Advocare and now you need this and now you need that. And you have to take this 21 take, you know, cleanse, shake, blah, blah, blah. Think about how much money 
and time and effort and energy and sadness they would just save from just walking in the doors of a place like friendship and just asking the question what do I need to do to just keep 15 pounds off of my body and frame for the rest of my life? That's all I want, right? I want to feel good about how I look naked for my husband. I want to feel good about how I look when I go to the beach and take my shirt off around my kids. Like at some point you, when you see people making these mistakes and you're watching them go through all of the heartache and pain and you realize that there's these coaches and these experts out there. And that's what Meredith is. When I talk to her, I'm like, man, like had I come and had a conversation with you, had I been able to be in an open growth mindset and receive that information with an open heart and an open mind, I would have and I could have been successful at making my college decision, right? I, don't, I still don't know if I would have gone. I maybe would have taken a gap year. I would have traveled and I, or, or I would have, you know, just gone straight into the military or I would have found a school like Col- Colorado College, which is where my cousin actually went and just ends up being a very unique. They, they run their school so differently. And I loved Colorado and I wouldn't have made my choices and decisions based on factors that just don't matter, like, you know, girlfriends or social circles or whatever. And you know, who knows, like, am I going to get through in this talk on Sunday to a 17 or 18 or 19 or 20 or 24 year old kid? I don't know. Am I going to get through to parents? I'm not sure. But it's the same thing that we talk about friendship all the time. It's like we need to be discussing. We need to be a louder voice in the areas where we know we can help people. And I tell this to Andy all the time. Like, dude, you need like you need to have such a loud voice. You have so much just greatness, great information and ways to help people inside of you. And you just need to figure out how you can package that so that you can just help people at scale and continue to have these conversations. And this is what I think of as our role as you know, mentors inside of the friendship community is to continue to spread this love and think about kind of how we can have these discussions. So I'm really excited. I'm going to, you know, give you guys just a brief overview. If you guys are coming on Sunday and you want it to all be sort of fresh, you guys can just turn the podcast off now. And I really appreciate your support. And I look forward to spending time with you on Sunday. If you guys are not coming on Sunday, I am going to try to uh, do the audio for this and there's going to be slides and some stuff. So you might not get the full picture picture in podcast format, but I am going to try to get it in podcast format and post it anyway, in case any of you guys are interested, but give you guys a brief outline of what I'm going to be talking about today and kind of run you through uh, a little bit of, of sort of where my head's at and where my heart's at with some of this stuff. So one of the big things that I really hope to accomplish with this, what I talked about a little bit earlier, is giving uh, kids and parents and families, and again, I use kids loosely, right? Let's use kids up to like two years younger than me. Let's say it's like people who are 30, right? And really kids in this sense can really be anybody who is still on the journey to figuring out what they are passionate about and how they are going to maybe either have a passionate career pursuit or they're going to determine themselves to become a professional in something, right? They're going to develop a necessary skill set that will fix problems that our market needs, right? That like the American consumer market is going to need. So you develop a necessary skill set to 
to become a more marketable human being. And anybody who's still on that journey is going to need a little bit of guidance, right? Now, you should always be using your critical thinking skills. So you're taking in information all the time. You should be listening to a lot of podcasts from a lot of different, you know, just experts in their world. I was talking about this with Ryan yesterday. We live in the most amazing time. I can pick my cell phone up right now and within 30 seconds be listening to the words of Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, the greatest thinkers of our time. I can be listening to them speak from the from the mouth of the actual individual person. I can be listening to their trains of thought like that. We live in this just such an incredible time. So figure out what you're what you like. What do you enjoy doing? What are you passionate about? And start there. It doesn't need to be where you go, right? We've talked about that a few times with number two. It's not always following your passion. Sometimes you're just good at something and you need to be thinking about, or sometimes you're passionate about stuff that there's just no marketable interest for, right? And there's differing, varying debates on that. Gary Vee would tell you, you could be the most into like Smurf paintings in the world and you can make that marketable. Apparently there's a guy who makes Smurf paintings who makes like millions of dollars a year. But Regardless, wherever you fall on that spectrum, you need to figure out sort of where that journey in the future is going to go. And that's only going to come from exploration. If you don't know right now, and I'll tell you how this conversation has gone for me a lot over the years is, look, Jeff, you know, I just I don't. I don't like college. And some of these people have even finished college, right? And they got into the workforce and they're like, man, I do not like my career field. I don't like my job. I didn't think this was what it was going to be. And like all the other companies I'm working for, like, I just don't even know where to look. So I'm thinking about, you know, going in and maybe I'll be, you know, in a Navy SEAL. Maybe I'll go into the military. I'll go into the Air Force. Maybe I'll be a firefighter. Maybe I'll be in the, uh, you know, a state trooper or something like that. And they just sort of start thinking about these service areas as sort of backup options, which I totally understand. That's exactly what I did, right? College wasn't right for me. I didn't like it. I started to leave college and go into the workforce. And I was like, oh, big red flag. Definitely don't like that. Let's escape and go into, you know, one of these service academies or, uh, you know, in my case, the military. And Really, what probably would have been better and had I had the tools, had I been in this place mentally, had I had some guidance, some coaching in this, I probably would take it back and I would have spent some time just meeting with different successful people that I knew who were doing things in just a variety of different fields, right? At that time, I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I was very interested in real estate, right? But like, that's just not something that I was surrounded by people. I didn't have opportunities there, right? It wasn't like a major in college. How do I do this? Like what's going on? So I researched it a little bit and I started down the Columbus State path like getting my broker's license and doing some of these things. And then as I started talking to some real estate agents, they're like, look, it's totally like a relationship business. You need to know people and it takes time. And, you know, it's really tough to get into it when you're like 18 or 19 years old and all these different things. And so immediately in my head, I just said like, ah, just give up. And, you know, had I just kind of known what I was doing, had I had some structure around that, I think I could have made better decisions. And so one of my first points on this is just trying to think about how we can help people sort of think about the options that are available to them 
and when and where those options are maybe going to be a good uh, you know situation for us or a good choice. And maybe when those situations aren't going to fix the underlying problem, which a lot of times the underlying problem is some degree of unhappiness, right? It's like a downward spiral that we feel like we're stuck in. And we are sort of blaming and thinking about like this one or two things that we just feel like there's there's no option for escape. And that is what is keeping me in this downward spiral. And I see no opportunity to break out of it. And so that's a lot of time where these these sort of drastic actions start to come from. And if you do some research on like mental resiliency and you pay attention to some of these downward spirals, you can actually see there are a lot of different ways to pull yourself out of them slowly and appropriately. And, you know, starting to have conversations with your boss about you know taking some time off or taking some like earlier days so that you can start going into some side hustles or maybe start dipping your toe in some of the waters of some alternative job opportunities or different things like that. And so for me, it maybe would have been, you know, hey, I'm going to maybe intern at this real estate brokerage or this commercial brokerage. And, you know, in the AMs, I'm going to go to school and finish getting my real estate license. And so I kind of get the best of both worlds. And, you know, if you're one of these people who's 25 or 30 and you have a family or you have a husband, you have a wife, this job transition thing can be even scarier and you can feel like that downward spiral is even like greater. It's even more pressure. It's even harder to get out of. But oftentimes that's really not the case. That's sort of a story that we're telling ourselves. And with the appropriate guidance and some distance, right? Somebody who's a third party from the outside, let's just call them a third party mentor. Some of those people can actually kind of look at your situation and just say like, you know, Hey, look, this seems like this might be a really good opportunity for you. Did you even know this existed? And they might be like, no, like I had no clue that existed. And those are the things that Meredith kind of knows off the back of her hand, like it's crazy when she starts talking about all the opportunities from like trade schools and all these different things that you can get involved with that are just so cool or like traveling and, and some of these educational opportunities for like, you know, outdoors, like, um, you know, educational schools and like survivor schools and some of these different things that are just totally like unique and different uh, and not to, you know, include like things like trade schools and stuff like that. And a lot of these have adult programs. And so there's just sort of an abundance of different ways that we can look at it. But a lot of this gets back to putting ourselves in situations where we're not allowing the downward spiral to get the best of us. Because if we're making decisions when we're in the downward spiral and we feel stuck and we're in an unhappy place, unfortunately, a lot of times that is not a good decision. Is not going to be something where we're thinking with a clear head and an open heart and we're making really logical you know, decisions. A lot of times they're going to be much more emotional decisions. And that's a lot of times where some of these third parties can help. And obviously, I do not consider myself to be in any way, shape or form like an expert third party. And, you know, if I have one sort of skill better than better than others, it's the opportunity to point you left or right or tell you, hey, I think this person might be a good person for you to talk to. Right. Hey, if you're interested in 
going into the military, I've got a couple people that you could go and shadow. I've got a couple people that you could talk to. Hey, if you're interested, you know, but you need to go into the military with an un- a deep understanding of what you're signing up for and what the job's going to look like and what the struggles are going to be. Because the most depressed I've ever been in my life was in the military. And it's not it, just like anything. It's not a cakewalk, right? That You're not going to escape this downward spiral by making one of these decisions, right? You're going to get out of the downward spiral by choosing to start you know, working hard and applying yourself towards some chosen goal or career path or passion or thing that you believe in and start knocking out goals and doing that with a purpose and achieving your purpose and feeling good about that. That's what's going to start to drive this happiness. And a lot of times it doesn't necessarily even have to do too much with like what it is. If you're doing something right now, like if you're that person who's in that office and you're just like getting driven crazy from being inside, you know, just up and changing that. It's not that one decision of job change is not going to be the thing that just randomly for the rest of time pulls you out and makes you a happy person. It still requires you to wake up early, go and commute and show up and work hard and deal with office politics and do whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. And you might go from that office and just say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go build houses for a living. Awesome. Right. That one decision, though, is not in and of itself going to be the thing that derives your happiness. It's still going to take a ton of hard work. Like that's my big asterisk in between all of these things that I'm going to talk about is all of this. The underlying understanding here is that you still have to make your own happiness. And the harder the path, the more unique the path that you're going to try to walk the more change you're going to have, the more actions you're going to have to take. All that means is all along those paths, all along those ways, you're going to have to work harder than that many more people, right? Because the simple path, let's just say the simplest path is to bust your ass in high school and get into an Ivy League school. Let's say you go to Harvard, bust your ass at Harvard, dial it in, you know, no alcohol, not a lot of partying, focus, pay attention in class, show up on time, treat it like a job and then get out and go and get, you know, master's degree or PhD or whatever. And, you know, apply yourself and, you know, let's, let's say you're just getting like a master's of finance. Right. And then you go and you apply to, you know, business schools and whatever, whatever. And you continue down the path and you apply to some venture capital firm, some hedge fund and, you know, you're top of your class all along the way. And, you know, you bust your ass early, right? In that case, you bust your ass and you sacrifice in, high school and in college, right? Because while somebody, uh, trying to think of, uh, trying to think of our, our class, Stephanie Yang, our, our class president, while she was doing that, right. I was out doing stupid stuff with my friends, right. And I was doing not so much stupid stuff that I couldn't complete my schoolwork, right. Still graduated with good grades, still did well on my tests, right. Still got into colleges. So I wasn't doing so much stupid stuff that I lost sight of everything, but I also wasn't sacrificing where I was staying home on Friday and Saturday with my parents and, you know, dialing in the books and achieving extracurricular activities and, you know, acing the SATs and going to, I think, Princeton or Harvard and then, you know, medical school and, you know, whatever. Right. I'm sure I think she's a surgeon somewhere. And, 
And like that, like she sacrifices at one point and maybe high school was a place for her where maybe she wasn't the happiest person in the world during that time. Maybe she felt lonely or she felt like an outcast and sacrifice is going to make you feel a little bit that way. Hard work and dedicating yourself to being good at something, building that necessary skill set that either you're passionate about or that you just want to develop and be a fantastic professional at. But working towards that greatness, working towards doing something with a real passion and purpose to accomplish goals, to move forward, to work harder than your peers, that is always going to come to, with some degree of sacrifice that can, if you let it, lead to some downward spirals. And that's why this mental resiliency thing that we're going to talk about is going to be huge. It's going to be very important. And so as we start going through this discussion, you know, I base a lot of what I'm going to talk about around college and is it the right choice for you? And there's two questions with that, right? Is not only is, is it the right choice for you, but is it the right choice for you right now? Because for me, when I was 18, college was not the right choice for me. Not at all. Not by a long shot. Right. No, I was in no place, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally to be in a college atmosphere. But when I was 25 and I went back to school, graduated magna cum laude, should have been summa cum laude, art history. Tell you what, man, that freaking class still throws me for a loop. They just showed you famous paintings at the end and like you had to memorize what year it was painted, where it currently is in the world, like what museum it's in, who painted it. You had to get like the names, the era of painting, the style of painting, all verbatim. It's like the hardest class of all time that I ever took. That one class took me out of graduating summa cum laude anyway. Um, but when I went back when I was 25, that was like I, I treated it like a professional, right? Even if I was a little bit down on art history, I showed up every time 15 minutes early. I was present and aware. I didn't even bring my cell phone to class. I paid attention. I participated. I met the instructors. I talked with them after class. I treated it like a professional and then I did great at it. And because I did well, I enjoyed it more. It made me happier. That's the way that that works, right? So it's not just is college right for me, period, question mark. It's is college right for me right now, right? Or is you can you can transplant that with whatever is this job opportunity right for me right now? right? Maybe this could be an excellent opportunity for me or for somebody else, for somebody younger or for somebody older, right? You see people with this all the time. I think it happens a lot with medical students where you have a medical student who goes back to medical school and becomes a resident in their thirties. And like Mark Mudarth, I believe is this way. He's a father. He's in his thirties. He's been in different careers, goes back to medical school. And I can guarantee you that his approach to the entire thing is very different than a 24, 25 year old resident. Very different, right? There's an understanding that you start to gain with a little bit of perspective. And if you make that decision later in life, you know for a fact that like it's not screw around time. Like we're not we're not just there. Like it's not like we're not going to socialize. We're not going to worry about what we're doing on the weekends. We're not going to be trying to get off and like rush home so we can drink with our friends. Like, no, I am there to be great at this It is a business mindset. 
I have goals and aspirations that I want to accomplish. I have a purpose that I'm trying to fulfill. And that then breeds more positivity, right? But maybe Mark, when he was 24, he wasn't there yet. He wasn't ready for it. And that's fine, right? A lot of people have to go through some some journey, some mental, emotional journey to kind of get there and see that understanding, So as we go through that discussion, then we start discussing about maybe why college might not be right for us right now. And we talk through a lot of the financial reasons. And man, you can really fire me up on this. And I actually think, you know, from a political discussion, politics, this next election and uh, kind of where the Democratic Party is and uh, where the country is with student debt. I think it's a very interesting conversation and a very interesting time about, you know, kind of college, the cost of college, uh, college debt and student loans. And so we have a little bit of a deeper discussion on that. And my big thing on this, guys, is you have to look at this as a decision, as a return on investment. And unfortunately, if you're going to take out full 100% financial aid and student loan, uh, student loans for your entire education, you're almost guaranteeing that you are not going to get an ROI on that money at this point. Unfortunately, that's the reality of the situation and where we're at with things. And one of the things that really scares me when I started breaking down, you know, the actual real cost of student loans for people is I found an article and when I broke this down, I started running numbers and I was like, this does not make sense financially. You cannot physically live by financing your full education as an adult unless you're making right out of the gate, like 80 or a hundred thousand dollars. And the way the job market is right now, you're not going to get a job for 80 or a hundred thousand dollars with just a bachelor's degree, unless you're really, really, really lucky, right? The, the vast majority of people are going to fall somewhere in that 30 to $50,000 entry level range for the first few years. And if you're financing your whole education, your average payment is going to be more than a thousand dollars a month. And when you start doing some like real numbers on that, you're making on, you know, $40,000 a year, you're making about 2,600 bucks a month in cash after taxes. If our average loan payment based on the average in-state tuition is going to be $1,400 and let's in, you can even take the loan to that. Let's just say a thousand dollars. Okay. That means that you are working with out of pocket before you spent anything before you spent to pay for a place to live or anything like that. You're sitting with like a thousand bucks. Okay. So let's say now we're going to pay 750 bucks a month for rent with a roommate, right? To have an apartment, let's say in Dublin or like North Columbus, anywhere like that, 650, 750 bucks splitting a two bedroom place with a roommate. Okay. Now we're left with 450 to $600 for food, cell phone, utilities, insurance, all that stuff. I don't know about you guys, but just eating for me is 400 bucks a month. Cell phones, 70 internet's 70 like health insurance. I just got it this year. I I wasn't able to afford health insurance for five or six years. And I wasn't even dealing with some of this student debt. I had my college, not only did I get my college all get paid for, I got paid $15,000 a year in addition to my tuition just to go to school. That's the way the GI bill works from a military perspective. And you start looking at some of this and it's like, okay, so there was absolutely no way 
that you can make this work without some support. And you're definitely not saving money. Okay. So what was the article I read? At this point right now, credit card debt as an average for millennials. So that's and they're saying ages basically 22 to 34, I think is where we're covering millennials for this conversation. Millennials after college, they now have more credit card debt than they do student loan debt. On average, the average millennial has $29,000 of credit card debt that they owe. And when you start looking at this, like that shows the picture why. Okay, we have four hundred dollars left for food, cell phone, utilities and insurance. If we just do like a quick financial picture spreadsheet on this. okay, so I can't afford my food. I can't afford my cell phone. I can't afford utilities. Well, unfortunately, where we're at with society right now, back in the day, right, like back in our grandparents day during Great Depression, you didn't have the money for you know, whatever, a phone, you just, the phone bill just didn't get paid. You turned it off, right? You didn't have money for gas or utilities. You just had to, you know, suffer and wear, have a lot of blankets and sweatshirts and sleep in the cold for that month because you couldn't afford it, right? But instead, now what we do is we load it up on these credit cards and they carry balances and interest rates and all these things. And what these kids are doing, they don't realize it. They think that they're going to college for a better opportunity in the future. And with some of these decisions that a 22-year-old or 24-year-old is making, Think about how young and how immature your thoughts were at that time. With the decisions they're making right there, they are guaranteeing that they are going to be poor for the rest of their life. Think about that. Like basically guaranteeing the fact that you're going to have a mountain of credit card debt, 24%, 27% interest rates ticking on $20,000 every single month. And I don't like to talk about too much of the specifics with Maria, but if you're like Maria, guess what they're doing? She's paying the $25 minimum payment every month. That was what she was doing. They don't know. Nobody's teaching them. Nobody's talking about this. And this is the thing is everybody's so afraid to sit and talk about their financial picture and what it looked like. I'm going to walk people through my entire military, my entire entrepreneurial, the financial picture, the plan that I've set out for me and my family. We're going to talk about what that looks like. Why is the military such a fantastic opportunity financially for kids who can't afford to go to school and have to finance it? Why should that be almost the choice for almost everybody? And we'll break into how I was able to save almost $60,000 through the military and then get paid $15,000 a year for four years. So another $60,000 just to go back to school on top of my full tuition paid, on top of having health care paid, and on top of them paying my parking bills. <laughs> so there was a little bit of a break in the system for the GI Bill. They basically just zeroed out your student bill and Ohio State would uh, would put your parking tickets on your bill. And uh, so at the end of the year, once I kind of find that out, I just kind of parked wherever I wanted all the time. It was kind of awesome. Um, but anyway, like there's so many of these great opportunities out there, but I don't think people are talking about what the great opportunities are. And I'm not going to talk too much about the military options. I will talk a little bit about it and a little bit about how there are military options where you don't you can number one, you can finish your degree in the military, right? All, all classes online while you're in the military are completely paid for and free. That does not count against your GI Bill. 
right? And then we'll talk about the other benefits of the military and ways that you can join the military and set yourself up for fantastic job uh, opportunities and job development on the outside. So things like, like a lot of my friends are helicopter pilots, right? And the military is going to pay for you to accumulate all of these ridiculous flight hours, okay? You're getting paid the whole time, right? If you go through the private course of going to like Ohio State and going through their aviation program, you have to pay for all of your flight hours, which is ungodly expensive to rent a plane and then pay for gas and pay for the lessons and pay for the tuition and, 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 right? And you're paying all of that out of pocket. So you'll go through some of these kids, like $200,000 of debt to fly. Or you could go and, you know, join the program for the military and go and become a pilot, a warrant officer in the army and, you know, fly helicopters and get out and be able to fly. You know, a lot of them now are getting into flying medevac. A lot of them are going into the guard and they do it in the guard and then they do it also uh, privately for companies. And so some of these opportunities, they're just sitting right there in front of you. And like, I, I don't know about you guys, but when I go with my friends who fly helicopters and like they take me up in the helicopter, like they love it. Like that's a pretty sweet job. And uh, a lot of people just don't talk about these opportunities. So we're going to talk about it first from the financial end of things. We're also going to talk about the entrepreneurial financial picture and some different ways that you can make some really good decisions and really get ahead. And all of this, guys, is independent. This is zero dollars from mom and dad. This is talking as if your parents left you. They don't exist. They're no longer in the picture at all. And you are your own independent person, whether you're 18, 19 or 20 or whether you're 35 or whatever, right? We are going to break into this picture as if you are at zero, right? With no help, no backstop. And so we'll break down all the financial stuff first, and then we'll get into some different reasons of the heart. And we'll talk a little bit about passion, belief in self, belief in the system, happiness as the goal, and really just, you know, pursuit of some sort of purpose, whatever that looks like, right? And purpose can be kind of an interesting thing. Purpose, ambition, you know, passion, these are all sort of, you know, similar-ish words. But we'll talk about how you can sort of make some of these decisions a little bit based around. So I, I, it's kind of like talking about there's the emotional and there's the logical choice, right? So the reasons of the heart, we're going to talk about the emotional choice being made. And then financial reasons is going to be much more of like the logical reasons that, uh, that we're going to discuss. And so again, we'll talk through each of those our scenarios. We're going to talk about student. We're going to talk about military. We're going to talk about entrepreneurial. We're going to talk about some of the great things that you're going to get from each of those. And then some of the things that you're going to lack from each of those. And everyone has good and bad and there's both. Uh, And then my big thing for this guys is going to be to offer some resources. And what I call this is principles based self-education. And so setting up a couple things that we're going to commit to if we decide that we're not going to walk the standard, you know, paint by the numbers, go to a state school, graduate with a, you know, normalish degree and go into the workforce. If we commit to that, we are not going to do that. We are not going to follow that path. Then we need a set of principles that are going to sort of guide us in our self-education, right? And how we're going to think about how we can get ahead, how we can get closer to that kind of marketable, passionate human who is pursuing a purpose and, you know, who is motivated and in this upward spiral and positive and engaging about what they're going to be doing. 
And so we talk about each of those ways to get ahead. And this is where some of friendship stuff comes in, right? We talk about exercise and nutrition and meditation, stress management, some of these different types of things, how you can come out of your principle-based self-education with a great understanding of those things. And man, what a leg up on all these kids who are going to go to college and they're going to be stuck in like this cell phone culture. And I don't know about you guys, but cell phones were just coming around when I was like going into college. And I was so much more consumed with what my friends were doing that night. And like, I was always like rushing out of work and not working hard because I was more focused on my cell phone. Cause I was so consumed with like getting to the party they're like, Hey, where's this girl going to be at or whatever. And you get stuck in this kind of cell phone social pressure, social stress culture. Uh, and then we talk about, you know, they have t- uh, test and performance stress. They have poor nutrition, sleep and exercise habits. Uh, and they really, a lot of kids, what they start to struggle with is they stop the self-educational pursuit because they're in school. They also don't learn any of those real world things that we're going to discuss, like debt and rent and utilities and insurance and, you know, just handling money appropriately. How are we going to save 20 to 30 percent of every paycheck for the rest of our life? How is that going to dictate what decisions we need to make from, you know, a credit and a banking and a home ownership standpoint and all these different things? So we're going to have some of those discussions. And then my big thing on this, guys, is resources. So I've packaged together resources in six different categories, exercise resources, nutrition, wellness resources, meditation, mental health resources, entrepreneurship resources, personal finance resources. And then um, the last one, sort of like some some military, I guess you would say, opportunities, Um, not necessarily resources, but just discussion points, some things that you can look into if you're interested in that path. And so my hope is that I can send this deck of slides to somebody. I can maybe send this podcast along with them or maybe the audio that goes along with the slide deck and just kind of show them a little bit about how we can start to expand the way that we think about the downward spiral that you're in. And we need to not confuse the fact that that's what it is. It's nothing else. It's just you're just stuck in a downward spiral. And we need to start working on how can we pull ourselves out of that downward spiral? What are the best opportunities for us in the future to stay away from this very same downward spiral? What does that look like? Who do we need to talk to? How can I, you know, get some people in my life who I care about, who I know are going to be in my life for the next 15 or 20 years? How can I have this conversation with them? Just super important. And that's why I talk a lot about your parents. There are not many friends. You know, the the grants and J's of the world are, are few and far between that will stick with you from the time that you're 13 or 14 and stay all the way through till you're 34 or 35. They just don't exist much. And we shouldn't worry about what a lot of our friends are thinking during this transition time. A lot of them might be the reason that you're in the downward spiral in the first place. And if you haven't looked at that, again, we're looking at things too emotionally, not logically. And so this is sort of the basis of some of this conversation. I'm super excited to dive into some of the nitty gritty for you guys on Sunday, Sunday at one o'clock at Friendship. And if you guys can't make it, but are interested, don't be afraid to shoot me an email. I'm happy to send this stuff to you guys and uh, just be kind of looking out for the next podcast, the next uh, blog post and some of the follow up stuff that we'll send out with it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you listening. (laughs) 